Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. A man who needs absolutely no introduction, Luke O'Neill, enjoying his biscuits. Happy lunchtime. How are you? Thanks very much. <laughs> I've only come here for the biscuits. That's the yeah, main reason. I, I drag you out on your lunch break. Luke, I'm annoyed. I think that you yeah. lied to me. What did I, what did I say to you? Well, you told us all. Well, no, the government, everyone told us all that if we got vaccinated, there would be no more lockdowns because the vaccinations would stop hospitalizations and death. And that is happening. There is less people in hospital and there is less people dying. Why are we still in lockdown or why are we not you know opening why. up? The dreaded Delta. Yeah, but Delta... Sadly, it's changed slightly, I think. Um, but people aren't dying. I think it's overcautious. Well, it's not, that's probably too strong a word. There's still caution. Let's put it that way, right? So so we know that um, the Delta is more transmissible. Less people in hospital, absolute. Probably 90% decrease in that, which is great. But that's the point. Otherwise... The, the last remaining word is the dreaded long COVID. So if you have a lot of people infected... They might not, they won't end up in hospital. They might end up um, having severe disease. But the question is, how many would have long term symptoms? And that's in the back of their minds at the moment. And the trouble with that is, it's very hard to measure and quantify. It's not a bit of an unknown, you know. But we, there's no question we're going to move back. Remember, slowly but surely, the, the next step in this process will be the living with COVID phase of this. It's not going to go away, you know. We have because to there's going to be Delta, Epsilon, yep. Zeta, the, like they're just going to go on. That's right. There's more variants for definite, and we can we can anticipate them. And there's good news that the vaccines work against the variants, thankfully. So our la- one of our last concerns is an even more malign variant that might break through more. And that's an unknown. And it's almost impossible to predict. And we can be a bit optimistic that the vaccines will even work against that, you know. But this phase of it, until we get massive... It's true we will come out of it when we get 80% vaccinated. Then we have to do what we had said we were going to do. You know, we're just not quite there yet, is, is the answer to the question. Are 80% vaccinated in the UK because Boris Johnson said yesterday now I don't know when this podcast is coming out hopefully soon but uh, he said yesterday just this is it it's over take off your masks yeah. we're done that's a strange one I think myself personally at this stage because they haven't achieved 80% yet they seem to be just prepared to let people get infected in their droves and because people are young they do well anyway and is that a risk worth taking you might say again in the back of my mind is long COVID because young people get that and it's as if, I think they predicted yesterday, uh, 100,000 cases a day, maybe, in the end of July. That's a lot of people being infected. Now, they mightn't end up in hospital, remember we've just said, because they're young mainly, or vaccinated. But we still don't fully know what, what, what that will do. So, so I, I still think we need a bit, a bit of measured response. And the WHO said this as well. They didn't name the UK, but they said some countries are, are going a bit too fast. So okay. I'm talking about a month or two now, no more than that. Once you get to 80% vaccination, fully vaccinated, that's a different scenario entirely because then you're protecting the people against infection, you see. So it's obvious in a sense that that's the goal. Still, it remains the goal. And then what about the, like, how are they going to manage? Now, this is a kind of a not a COVID question, but the, the, the travel situation. Like, if we are, if Delta is spreading around the place and we're allowed to travel 
and not quarantine. Like, when is the quarantine going to be over? Well, we know, again, you've got to look at what the vaccines do. So, so the latest data would be if you're vaccinated, uh, you have a low risk of getting infected, first of all. They're still there, though. The, the infection can happen in vaccinated people. You have a very low risk of developing severe disease. That's the really good news. Yeah. So let's say you get a mild infection with not many symptoms. The question is, can you spread that on to someone else? At least 60% decrease in transmission, which is a really high number in the vaccine world, by the way. You're more than having the chance of you giving it to someone else. Even if you give it to someone else, it'll be low dose. Because the, your immune system is keeping it at bay in your body, you know. And then the person who gets infected off you is very likely to do well because they're not picking up a huge dose of virus. So for all those reasons, then we should be able to travel. If you get infected, you won't get really sick and you'll be less likely to spread it. And we have to get to that point. We get, if we're too careful, it's not about being extre- extreme caution will keep us forever. I feel like they're being forever. extremely cautious they're, they're, I think they're being a bit overcautious now. I must say myself. I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting to the view, not that I'd be on the streets marching now. But uh, the paternalistic thing will begin to annoy you eventually. Yeah. How, what, and, and public health doctors, you have to respect them to some extent. They want to protect us. Yeah. They're, like, they're, like your, they're like your teenager and your parent telling you not to do certain things in a way. And you're going, I have a right to choose if I want to go with these friends here or do whatever the hell I like. You know, and the parent's going, well, hang on a minute. You know, it's kind of at that phase at the moment. You know, we're, 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 we probably reach the age of 20. That's yeah. that way. If it's the equivalent. Do you listen to your mother at 20? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. You know, this on certain thing. things. But like eventually certain. you're like, oh, let me just make the mistake myself then. Like this will happen at Christmas. At least let us make the mistake. We have to go back to personal responsibility. And I think in the end, obviously, because it applies to everything to do with health, doesn't it? It's, it's your response. If you choose to do certain things. If you choose to smoke. The trouble is you're not harming someone else, though, by you smoking necessarily. You know, see, your decisions can affect other people, which is why the lockdown was there. I mean, it was imposed on us because your activity might harm someone else, yes. you see. So that's why we had to have a bit of that. But eventually you'd hope people would be responsible, at least most of us. So some won't. And that's society. You, 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 can't, you can't, you know, ensure everybody behaves themselves either, you know. So they're going to send out these vaccine passports now. They are. Indeed. In the post. That's great. Brilliant. Have you been vaccinated? I have, fully vaccinated. Yes, I'm What'd now fully bulletproof. I've had tech Pfizer, sadly. I mean, how did you get Pfizer? Why, why is that sadly? Well, because they're going to say, so, someone said to me, Emily, I was in the independent getting vaccinated and someone emailed Luke, you should have purposely asked for AstraZeneca, take a bullet for the team kind of thing. You know, oh, right. <laughs> and I said, well, I didn't give me the option of AstraZeneca. I would have taken it, by the way. Did you have any side effects? I had a bit rough. I did, yes. On one or two? Second one, especially, actually. I I'm getting a, number a, a two day. on Friday. I had to stay in bed the next day. Uh, so I did feel a bit rough. But it was fine, though, after 12 hours. You and know, it resolved. Did you have any fine. side effects on the first one? Less interestingly, it's very variable. See, as you know, every human is different. Yeah. Our immune, my, my immune system is different to yours, you know, just like we're, we're not clones of each other. So I will respond slightly differently. And every medicine's like that, by the way. You see variation. Some respond to a medicine, some don't. Some have a reaction to a medicine, like penicillin or anything. So, so we know there's this variation in the population simply because we're built, we're built slightly differently. So I've had one Pfizer, right? And since then, the only side effect that I had initially was my arm was killing me. Like really sore. And I can deal well with pain. So that was the only thing. Yeah. But since then, my periods have been bananas. Yeah. Like ex- like very, very, quite heavy, but also very long and then quite light, but just not normal. Is that? Yeah. yeah. There are reports of that. Yeah. And they're looking at it closely because obviously it's a concern and some people have a really severe time of it. Uh, it's not clear what's happening there. I mean, it probably is the vaccine, but we don't know. Not many get it. It is a minority. So why would that be? You know, why, why would you yeah. have that particular feature and, and, and someone else wouldn't? It's a real mystery why that would be. There's no obvious reason why the vaccine would cause that. 
So it's a slight, it's a slight, it's a slight mystery, you know. It could be many things. Remember, it could, it could be your, your maybe there's something subconscious going on. Maybe your lifestyle changed slightly. You wouldn't even know. You know, there's a lot, a lot of variables there. But the the, the, the bottom line is it, it resolves. Yeah, and have, like, is there evidence for that it results? There is, yeah, yeah. It isn't a concern. If it was a concern, they'd stop the vaccine, remember. Oh, yeah, okay. Because they're watching every possible consequence of vaccination being so monitored, like, as we saw with the clotting incident, for instance. With so if they felt there was anything untoward here, they'd stop it, look more closely, see if there's a basis for it, you know. Um, but it's a mystery. Yeah, that, that's an example of how I have the to dreaded say, there's, unknowns. There's part of me that feels like if it was an issue with men, we'd be taking it a bit more seriously. Well, absolutely, you may well do it. That's not a bad point. Yeah, you, Like I do case, think yeah. that it's just like, oh, it's fine. It's just in your mind. No, it's not in my mind. My Although, cycle is the same every 28 days for my entire life. And now it is going bananas. Bananas, it's yeah. It's definitely because of the vaccine. I still, even if I'd known that that would happen, I still would have taken the vaccine. Yeah. I want to yeah. say that very clearly. But I think if it was an issue with men, We'd be taking it more seriously. Well, we've Emer Cook, who's the head of the EMA. You think she'd be on, on top of this one, in a sense? You know, no, I Irish, quite Irish just person. Just more discussion around. And I think you're also right because it's yeah. a period. Yeah, People yeah. don't really talk about it. I think it. you could be right there. Yeah, and again, it's something important. Obviously, yeah. you see. So I'm watching. We're all watching that. I've, I've seen reports that's been going on for a few months now. But I know for people. People are like, oh, I'm not going to get it now because it's going to affect my period and it's going to affect my fertility. People have gotten the vaccine, gotten pregnant after the vaccine. The period exactly. thing gets sorted. It's not. Precisely. It's yeah. not a There's huge no issue. evidence of any kind that the vaccines affect fertility. That was looked at closely, remember, as well. Yeah. We've got the, the good news is we've got such experience with these vaccines now. There's something like, I think it's three billion have had been vaccinated, which is a remarkable yeah. number of people. And they've looked at them, they've monitored them, they're reporting things back and forth. You know, no effect on fertility, no effect if you have a baby, that's fine as well. And in fact, antibodies go in the breast milk, which can protect your baby, which is a great bonus to the immune. The immune system always had that in it, by the way. It's How passive you- immunization, which is great you know i've been reading articles about the tests now that are going on with 12 year olds getting vaccinated or like yo- ch- are they called children or yeah young adults or 12 yeah. year olds 12 under 12, 12 15 yeah or getting, even that age group yeah the the teenagers getting vaccinated yeah. what's going on there how's it well looking? that's a big debate we're having should we vaccinate them at all and i'm against vaccinating them at the moment we, we will vaccinate them eventually but right now there's developing countries in desperate need of vaccine i mean it's just terrifying what's going on in some of those countries and it's vulnerable people dying there remember so why would you vaccinate someone under 18 who's at very low risk of disease it's benign in that age group effect now there are one or two tragic exceptions which we feel is, is really bad obviously enough but by and large it's a benign disease in that age group why would you give someone a medicine or a treatment when the disease doesn't affect them is the question when the supply is so limited and you now there is a reason to do it to get rid of the virus from the community you have to vaccinate yeah. the children eventually you know but right now countries all over the world are crying out for vaccine COVAX is the organisation the WHO have just said on record Tedros has said please don't vaccinate the under 18s I'm paraphrasing give us your supply because we need to and and it's a selfish thing as well because first of all the vulnerable there's many people over 60 unvaccinated in developing countries and they're very vulnerable secondly variants will keep cropping up as long as the virus is burning away and one of those could come and haunt us Yes. So you've got two reasons. One is ethical, but the second is selfish in a way. You know, the stop variants cropping up that could, could come and be more maligned towards us, you see. I also heard this interesting thing, right? So in the UK, people were largely given AstraZeneca, okay? And AstraZeneca is approved by the EMA. So they, they recognise the vaccine so you can travel around Europe. But a certain batch of people, about half of people in the UK, were given AstraZeneca that was made in India and it was called COVID Shield. Yep. And the EMA does not recognise COVID Shield. So there are some people in the UK 
who can now not travel because yeah. the batch that they were told they were getting AstraZeneca, but the batch that they got was from India and now they can't travel around Europe. That's bad luck. And the reason for that is, remember, the EMA goes to the factory that makes the vaccine, checks it very carefully to make sure everything's in order and there isn't some contaminant or some kind of problem with production. You know, and I suspect they didn't sign off on that factory in India yet. I bet they're doing it, though, by the way, because this will cause it's the same vaccine, yeah. but it's made in a different place. So you think it's 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 forthcoming, like it's going well, to happen down the line? Way, unless they find something untoward in that factory, you see. And that, that's why they're so diligent and they're so careful, because it is about production. Like, there's always a risk in production of something gone wrong or something, something untoward happening, you know. And that's why the EMA people go into these factories. But surely with travel, the this is a pandemic, pan meaning world, globe. We've all been locked, like we've all experienced COVID to some degree. Now we've all been vaccinated. We cannot now start putting you know, international borders on what vaccines we do and do not accept. Otherwise, that's going to be like a whole new world order. Right? That's true, but you've got to make sure that standards are maintained. Safety first, you know, all those sorts of things. You know, but if Sinopharm, like if the Chinese vaccine and Sputnik is good enough for those countries and that many people have gotten the vaccine and it, and, and it's efficacious we see that the it's not spreading wildly in those countries surely we have to accept that they can come to Europe no? We do oh we do indeed yeah absolutely I mean what, why wouldn't you approve that Indian version of AstraZeneca because it, it works very well you see yeah They've just got regulations. See, this is the thing, getting back to paternalism in a way, very strict regulations there that they don't want to breach. In other words, until the, 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 the woman or the man goes to that factory and signs off on it, we can't allow our product from that factory is the idea, even though it's probably fine and there's evidence it's great. You but know? should we not be like prioritising someone going to that factory and yeah. being like, yeah, that's grand? Absolutely. And I, I, I bet it's happening. And I bet uh, the Sputnik is an, a very interesting one now because that still hasn't been approved in Europe. It's been in millions and millions and millions of people. Huge amount of data. It's a very safe, efficacious vaccine based on all this data, you know. So they've got to approve that soon, I think, in Europe is the prediction. And there's a bit of a, an outcry. That's the way they haven't. And is it political? We don't want to approve a Russian vaccine. You get the usual, oh, we want to make money off Pfizer, this kind of thing, you know. So, yeah. so it's, a, it's a tricky one, this, I think. But, but it's, it's a sort of a policy Thing in a way that you'd worry about, but you're quite right though. All those vaccines are working, so why wouldn't you let people who've been vaccinated be treated? It does feel like it gets political, political, and when it gets it political, gets I political. get annoyed. Yeah, well, I mean, the Ast- I'm reading a great book at the moment. There's a book called Vaxers, yeah, written by Sarah Gilbert, who's the lead person in. I Oxford. love it. It's the two women. The two women, yeah, and Catherine Green, precisely. And I, I, I have the, I'm, I'm, I'm reviewing the book. Is that great? So they've sent me the. Book. I saw that on your. I yeah, saw it, was it the Twitter that you had? I on? did. I sent a picture of them, and they were interviewed at the weekend. And yeah, I had to tweet that out because it's a fantastic story. Remember, tell they, us the story. Well, well, they, well, they say, look, we make a great vaccine. It's really efficacious, and then politics begins to come into it. And Which Ma- one is Macron? There is AstraZeneca, five, uh, Oxford. Yeah. Remember, Macron made a statement saying, "I don't trust that vaccine." You know, yeah, this is outrageous. And, and they felt very low. Can you imagine if you'd done a, achieve something as brilliant as this and then you get politics coming in? And that was so blatantly Brexit. Blatantly, yeah, like, yeah absolutely. We don't awful. like the Brits yeah. at the moment. That's right, exactly, yeah. And, uh, and there's a, a two Irish connections. Do you want to hear them? I so, do. So Catherine Green was a geneticist who helped make the vaccine. She did a PhD with a guy called Noel Lowndes, who's in Galway. He's a professor of biochemistry in Galway. He's a friend of mine. And he, I didn't realise. He said, Luke, that's my best PhD student ever. So she did a PhD and then they went to Oxford. And then Theresa Lamb, she was part of that team. She did a PhD in UCD with a guy called Finney and Martin, who I know, and then went to Oxford. And these people are key to that vaccine. The four or five of them 
as a group develop those vaccines with all contributing their own little piece of the puzzle you know so it's a fantastic achievement and remember here's something that was in no arms at all uh, last February 12 months half a billion people are have the vaccine that, that those people made I love brilliant. the idea of that book they're saying like we are you know, we created the vaccine but we're just normal people we are us and not yeah. them and the book is brilliant they're both working mothers they talk to getting the kids from school and all the hassle through all this period you know they didn't get fed yeah, they properly they were like trying to homeschool and create a vaccine that's, that's right exactly yeah. and, and then when they get the vaccine and they're all over Joe they can't celebrate they, they talk about that a bit yeah. you know? and, then, and then they just can't get over how successful it's been themselves Cause, and they say Sarah Gilbert is a very modest person she hates the limelight she said as well um, she hates the notion of role models she's against them and now she's won this yeah. kind of thing you know? she, she said um, the biggest thing for her was uh, should they write a book or not and they didn't, didn't want to write a book right Yeah. because they wouldn't normally do that and they wrote it be, to get against the conspiracy theory and the great line which I tweeted was uh, we're not them we're us you know, we're all in this together yeah. you know, and this conspiracy stuff is bad you know? and in fact Sarah Gilbert herself said she, she wrote the book because of Jenner wrote a book about smallpox when, and he, she follows in his footsteps basically you know, again yeah. to counter the misinformation you know. great title Vaxxers isn't Vaxxers. it as in like not that, 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 that'll, maybe they'll get some recompense they're, they're yeah. on crappy wages in university. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, that's no, really good. It's a fantastic book. Um, so what else are you reading? Like, what else is going on at the moment with COVID that you're excited about, not excited about? Noel got his one and done today. He got Janssen. Oh, very good. So Brilliant. Happened. Well, that data was great last week. I mean, every day there's data coming out, as you know. So on Thursday, Janssen or Johnson & Johnson. It's the strange they call Johnson & Johnson and Janssen. And Janssen. And Janssen's the Belgian outfit, but they, they bought Janssen, Johnson & Johnson, maybe because of their name. Johnson & Johnson But, and but Johnson. it's the same company. But they, they uh, released data. So one shot eight months later. They took blood from people who had been the single shot eight months ago. Massive antibodies and T cells in their in their blood, uh, and over time it grew and grew and grew, which is brilliant because yeah, that was a concern. Like there's no booster. Yeah, great vaccine. I mean, and and then they took at blood from those people, and they in a, in a lab now it could neutralise all the variants. Including epsilon and lambda, there are next two that are coming down the track. You yeah, see, you're going to so. have to learn the Greek alphabet now, lads. Alpha, yep. beta, gamma, take delta. Take you back to your school days. Delta is Del- Del- going to be yesterday. Apparently, epsilon, epsilon is, is a thing, is it? Epsilon and lambda, the two next ones to watch for. But and do they exist already? Oh, they do absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, lambda was in Peru. That's where it was first described. You know, and they look different to delta. And now they're called variants of interest. They're not yet named as concern because we don't know enough about Delta them. is a concern now though, isn't it? Delta's a VOC as they call it because yeah, it spreads more. They become con- a concern if there's evidence they're different. Okay. And difference can mean they transmit more readily or they dodge the the vaccine. You see. Where has so Epsilon started or where is it? I can't. I think it's South America again. I think it was, I think it was Brazil, Brazil or somewhere. But I it's think. not here yet, is it? it well, uh, Lambda's in 29 countries they're saying. All I right. saw this morning. This is a day by day thing, you know. But the fact that the Johnson and Johnson vaccine could trigger antibodies to neutralise those two new, those two new ones tell us that the variants should be manageable with vaccination. You see, and does like can Pfizer do that too? Oh yeah, and they're doing it as we speak. The... Actually, yeah, they're all they're all testing their blood samples now from people who've been vaccinated to test that. Uh, and then we and then Israel released really important data this week as well. Now they only had Pfizer, yeah, uh, but. It, it was a bit troublesome initially because there was a, it, the efficacy dropped to sixty four percent to stop infection. Okay. With Delta, 
Okay. So what that means is more people will get infected with Delta if they've had the Pfizer vaccine than they would have with Alpha. But more importantly, 94% protection against hospitalisation and severe disease. So that, that didn't really change. It's just the risk of infection went up slightly. So you might you get had COVID. Pfizer. You'll get a cold. You'll, get, you'll have sniffles and you have a cold. That's what it'll do. And can you spread it to people? Well, that's the, this, this is the 60% thing you said, as I said earlier. So no, there's a decrease in transmission. So if well. you've been vaccinated with Pfizer, you could still get the Delta variant. You won't be in hospitalised probably. You won't be That's severely right. That's ill. That's what all the data says. But you can also spread you it. You might still spread it. But remember, if the vulnerable are vaccinated, they're protected. Okay. Secondly, the dose you spread is lower anyway. So the person you're giving it to would have a less severe disease. That's the way it looks at the moment, which is really good. And, and that's the way most infectious diseases behave anyway. And are see. some of the other vaccines more efficacious against Delta than Pfizer? The, the RNA vaccines are definitely the best. So, so if you look at the numbers now, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, they're top of the class. And then AstraZeneca would be next. But it's only a 5 or 6% difference, by the way. It's not right. a huge difference. But even still, but like you'd have to say the RNAs are the Pfizer, best. If Pfizer is the best and it's only 64% efficacious against Delta. Yeah. Then risk of infection. Yeah. Risk yeah. of infection. They're all the same ballpark. I mean, if you look at these things, they're things called confidence intervals. And this is what the public don't get. I'm not, I'm not being critical of the public, but when I see a number like 95, it's plus or minus 10. You know, okay. And they overlap. Statistically, there isn't a huge difference between them. There's a slight difference, but it's not huge. Hence, we've been saying from the very start, take, take whatever vaccine you're given because they're all pretty equivalent. They're certainly equivalent with preventing severe disease. So I would predict what will happen is AstraZeneca, there is a risk of infection with Delta, but again, it won't progress into severe disease. Do we need? Uh, do we know anything about whether you get one shot of Pfizer and you can take your second shot of Astra or yeah. Moderna? Definitely, and in fact, the data is really strong on that as well. In the last week or two, so if you've AstraZeneca first, followed by Pfizer, tremendous response, much better than two AstraZenecas. Now, when I say much better, again, it's six, seven, eight percent better. Yes, okay. But still, it's stronger if you give Pfizer as the second shot, which is really good, and that was published in yep. an eminent journal and why NIAC is not responding to those publications and allowing Pfizer to be used as a second shot is a mystery to me because the but evidence AstraZeneca, is there. AstraZeneca, we have more AstraZeneca. So we why do. would they allow Pfizer? Like what, we just have Astra. So I, I think in vulnerable groups. So and as a bang in this drum for months now, the over 60s were treated very badly because they're a vulnerable group. You want to give them the best combination. It's mad because imagine. actually my mom got her first Astra and then I got my first Pfizer, but then I got my second. I will get my second Pfizer before she gets hers. It they they they've been sort As of I like said falling between the this cracks. This morning, there was a travesty that the over sixties aren't fully vaccinated at this stage. A travesty because we don't have weeks, you know. Yeah. And there's a new variant that we know is more transmissible. There should have been absolute rollout of Pfizer for the over sixties. And don't worry about there's lots of vaccines on the shelf. I mean, you, you saw what happened with the over 18s can get. Johnson & Johnson now anyway, you know. Yeah. I'd open up all the vaccines to the over-18s, any of them. Yeah. And I'd give the vulnerable the Pfizer, Pfizer. after AstraZeneca. They're at more risk than the younger people, obviously, of disease. So that justifies using Pfizer as a second shot for the over 50 Can you 60s. take Astra as a second shot after Pfizer? You can. And that was actually less efficacious, strangely. It looked like slightly less efficacy there. So the, Less the, the, efficacious than two Pfizer. Yeah, than two Pfizer. Oh, two Pfizer is really good, by the way. If, if you listed them, the best now is AstraZeneca followed by Pfizer. Second is two Pfizer and third is AstraZeneca, but they're all really good, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But but the rank order would be in that way, it looks like at the moment. So it's really and then the other thing to say would be this, they're gonna be behind the curve anyway. We will give the RNA vaccines as the booster in the in the winter to vulnerable people anyway. That I bet that'll be the instruction. Don't give AstraZeneca as a second as a booster shot. That's the third shot now I'm talking about, you know? Oh right, okay. It makes real sense to give the RNA vaccines as the third shot as a booster because it'll cause a huge response. And especially if Lambda and Epsilon are cropping up. Because 
you want to give the best weaponry against those variants for definite, you see. So that, that's but what's going to happen. Is is the hope. future that we open up because we are vaccinated enough, but that Lambda, Ypsilon, Zeta, Theta, Eta, Kappa, Lambda, me, me, like the whole Greek alphabet keeps coming. Yep. And this is it for the rest of our lives. Well, the prediction is as follows. Now, it could be wrong. We'll, have to, we'll play this back in a year. Yeah, okay. So, uh, once we have mass vaccination, that's obviously tremendous. We get to the winter time. We will have the odd outbreak of this disease from time to time. Just like we get outbreaks of flu or measles or whatever it is. It breaks through occasionally. It'll break through in an unvaccinated group and there might be some people not vaccinated. It might break through in the fully vaccinated if they get a massive dose and now they're getting really sick, you see. That'll happen. And there will be trolleys in hospitals in Ireland with someone have flu, some have COVID-19 and we like any other infectious disease, we treat it. But every so we winter... Don't, we don't PPE, we don't put them in an isolated no. room? No. Every winter we will give booster shots to the vulnerable just like we do with flu, because that will decrease their risk of getting really sick should they get infected. So will that, we lock people down? Like, will no. we be like, this is... Unless a really nasty variant crops up that really breaks through the vaccines, then you're looking at possibly going backwards. Right, you know, okay. because that, if, if the hospital numbers go up again. Is there any variant of interest at the moment that could possibly become that breakthrough one? There are lots of variants out there and we don't know enough about them. So there's a risk that one might, but it's impossible to measure that risk. It's a low risk, though, I would say. And you shouldn't be keeping, this shouldn't be keeping us awake at night. That's what right. uh, and we're aware of it and you can prepare for it. And we know we can make a new vaccine very quickly. If the worst comes to the worst and the worst version of COVID ever erupts somewhere, within 100 days, we'll have a vaccination campaign lined up to protect people, which is good. Now, it does push things back is the annoying part, but um, but it's, 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 in other words, we, we, it's not going to kill us yeah. in the long run. We'll have ways to deal with it. Take another biscuit while I ask you this question. I will. When I spoke to you about this first, you and I laughed at the nonsense idea that this was created in a lab. We were fully sure, quite arrogant, that this was definitely from a wet market in Wuhan, probably from a bat, went into a pig. And now it's looking like, actually, maybe this might have come from a lab and been humanly constructed. I'm I'm a great politician. I'd like to just go over what I said before and and, and correct that. I think what we said was it wasn't man-made. Okay, in other words, it wasn't engineered. Right. Like a James Bond villain. In a lab in Wuhan to destroy the world. That's not okay. the case. We're definitely sure. Well, not definitely. We're 99%. No, science can never be different. <laughs> we're pretty sure that's the case. Now, the question then is, it came from a bat. It was the bat in a lab or a sample from a bat in the lab and an accident. Okay. The technician dropped the test tube, say, right? That's, that's So what that's you're saying is that this wasn't like a pandemic. No. Like nobody was like, I'm going to release this. But Unlikely. what could have happened is that this was being examined or created or something in a lab. Yeah. And a mistake happened mistake happened where it got into a person. Exactly. And the person then... There's a possibility of that. We can't rule that out. Uh, it's unlikely because these labs are very careful. The people aren't stupid. They're working with dangerous pathogens all the time. This, this is called P3 in the jargon. Fully suited up, you know. Very careful. So the chance of an accident is low, you know. So again... Are, are people are, are investigating likely, this though? It's very hard to find that out because they've gone into China and the WHO went in and, and, and they can't find everything they want, you know, and so it's a bit difficult to show hidden. that for definite. They've covered their Well, tracks. you can be a conspiracy theorist and say they blew the lab up and killed all the people. That's I'm not saying that happened now, but, but there's these rumours, you know, and... and um, well, I, is I, the lab still there? Uh, it, was, it was scrubbed clean, apparently, okay. right? And, the, and there's records, but not enough records. That, that's given rise to this unease. So, well, the that American, is weird. Come on, admit that that's weird. It does seem odd, for definite. The US government want full accountability in China. They're asking the Chinese, give us all the records. Yeah. Give us all the records of people in hospital. See, what's caused a bit of 
unease is three people from that lab ended up in hospital in November before this ever kicked off in 2019 with symptoms of COVID. And now they're wondering, did they actually have COVID, those three people? And they're in that lab. And if that's true, then that could be they got infected by their an accident. Their patient X, their patient X, yeah. Now, the thing is, there's evidence, there's not enough evidence to suggest any of this has, has happened, by the way. But, and and I, I would predict we'll never know. It'll be very hard to prove any of this. See, I just think that full transparency is always the best option. Like, Absolutely. This happened, we dropped this test tube, I breathed yeah. it in, I got infected. Sorry about that, lads. Yep. This might mea right. culpa. But when they start scrubbing down things and burning records, and, but it also gives credence yep. to the people out there who are like, this is a pandemic. It does. This it isn't real. The that. vaccine is yep. a microchip. You know, and it's That's really right. hard to count to, to like put that nonsense to bed if you can't say actually here is the evidence yeah. it turns scientifically it's actually very hard to trace a virus to an animal source i mean even with Mar- mers and sars they thought mers was from a camel it was hard to prove that in the end you know the, the, the suggestive that that's kind of going into the but dna it's not definitive you know what right. you're looking for is a, a relative of the virus that infects us that's really close to the one that's infected us, basically. And that our, our one could be descended from that. Or they could have a common ancestor, like everybody said, two, you know. Okay. And the, the closest in a bat is 96% identical. And that's the closest they found. They may find one in the pangolin that's 99% identical, you see, for example. And then they went through the pangolin and then got to us. Because obviously the virus has to change a bit, you see, to become a variant, effectively. Um, it looks like it was in the bat. A variant emerges that a change that is more infectious to us now, whereas the previous one wasn't, and then it jumped into one of us, what a human, and that human began to spread it. You know, a number of things have to happen to allow a pandemic. It's 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 a very unlikely process because whoever got infected had a massive dose, yeah. didn't isolate, infected their wife or their husband or their wherever it was, and that person had a massive dose as well, and they had to infect others. Then it begins to spread. You know, so it's, it's really hard to imagine that. Like that it's amazing. All a single of the person, things that yeah. has happened has come from one single. It's like the movie Contagion. You know, that movie that, that I watched was that very movie careful. That's a really good uh, rendition of it. During the pandemic, it, you know? and I thought that it was gas to yeah. be watching it, and then it's like actually this isn't funny at all. I know. <laughs> well, it's important to find this out because we don't want it happening again. Well, if, in a if way, it, if it came from the wild, that's a worry. Because they cook from the wild again. You know, there's a the risk of the wild bats infecting us. If it was accident in a lab, that's a sporadic random event. That, that, would, that would make you less concerned, actually, if, if, if it was proven to be an accident in a lab. In other words, all the labs should look at their safety protocols now to make sure that there's you not another accident. Only you can find that. They can find this to find a positive yeah, in that. Have to, you have to. You know, you're saying that's Your very positivity important. is contagious. Luke, anything else we need to know? What do we need to look I out the for? Two, the two most, well, the three things I would say now are Wash this. your hands. <laughs> Wash your hands. Um, we need to begin to get back to the way things were. We don't, now, now, what I'm talking about is they should reopen indoor hospitality with good ventilation and good mitigation measures and probably antigen testing as well and the vaccination. I'm not even going to get into antigen testing because I'm no, sick of hearing about it. No, we don't get into that. Yeah. So, so I, think, I think we have to, I'd like to know from the government, give us the direct, simple plan to live with this virus. How are we going to live with it? Because it'll never go away, really. Variants will crop up. What's the plan to live with it? And it means good ventilation is 90% of it. I'll tell you that much now at this stage. We know so much about the virus at this. We've had a year and a half studying it. It's spread by infected air, yeah. not surfaces, right? So it's, on, it, it's in the air. If this was we in didn't the, know that. Hang on. We thought that it was on surfaces, didn't we? We did initially. Like the flu is mainly surface-based, you see. Right. All the mitigation measures stop the flu spreading, you see. Yeah, so why we haven't um, had a huge flu season. That's right. Yeah. So we know it's in the air now for definite. We know ventilation has a massive mitigating effect dilutes out. So, so in the winter, we've got to make sure there's good ventilation in the schools. Now it's happening. They're putting CO2 monitors in schools now. I saw the Department of Education because that, that, that senses the stagnant air, you see, which is great. Yeah. 
little alarm goes off, open the door and the window quick kind of thing. So, so, so ventilation, first and foremost. And secondly, get ready for boosters in the vulnerable. And that campaign should begin in November and they should be giving booster shots to everybody over 60 potentially. And it's, it's an RNA vaccine. Do you think it's going to be like go to local Croke Park? Yep. And or your GP, no GP or GPs your, your, your pharmacy. Yeah, they can do it easily enough. So that's where you'll go for your booster and that will give you great protection. It'll, it'll, it'll sustain the protection you've had and it'll stop any risk of variants making you really sick. So, so I predict in the winter, ventilation and boosters will be the two key issues. The last one then is the travel Issue. Well, no, the other two issues will be big crowds gathering. We want that. We want electric picnic back. Don't we, Tony, as well? So we've got to bring those back. <laughs> yeah. And that has to be antigen testing for definite. Yeah. Combined with hopefully. I wouldn't be making vaccines essential for these things. That mandating vaccines is a big negative. Never do that. Never coerce people to be vaccinated. They're terrible. Uh, so it'll be antigen testing, po- a positive, uh, negative PCR, perhaps. Certainly, um, vaccination is a great thing to have on your search, isn't it? Let's face it. That should allow these big events to come back. We may have controls on numbers still just to be on the safe side. But still, that comes back. And then lastly, travel anywhere in the world. Wouldn't you love to go to wherever you want to go to around the world. That's a, way, that's, that's a distance away, but we have to plan for that as well. And that will, again, involve the travel certificate. It has to be part of that. And then finally, personal responsibility has to come back into this in the end and that we make decisions for ourselves, ultimately. And we move away from paternalism, in a sense, as it's called, because we have to take responsibility, I think, in the, in the long run. Thank you so much, Luke O'Neill, as ever. So useful. For those of you who are head stuff. Plus, members, Luke is going to stay on and do some bonus material with us. So head on over. And if you want to become a Headstuff Plus member, you can do so at headstuffpodcast.com. It's five euro a month. We are produced by the Headstuff Podcast Network. Our music is by Only Ruin. Our graphic design is by Kahlo Gara. Our producer is Alan Bennett. And see you again next week. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.